running with Maverick and Wolfman. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Welcome back. And we're going to jump into some questions here. First one says, is there a way to listen live? Long time listener, first time caller, LOL. Ah, <laughs> uh, the short long of it. Uh, no, we don't do live. Not at present. Maybe in the future, but not at present. But thanks for listening, long not time yet. listener, first time caller. Thanks for listening. Share, share, share. <laughs> Next question, please. How does course strategy enable a quicker or less strenuous run? For example, do runners routinely take the inside of a curve consistently to reduce distance? Are runners aware of course conditions in order to not get slogged down in softer areas of the course due to weather conditions? A simplistic strategy of just get out there and run can't be the optimal approach. Thanks for your advice. To start in the beginning here, how does course strategy enable a quicker or less strenuous run? Uh, yeah, taking the inside curve, absolutely. Runners look for the shortest distance. So we try to hug the line. We try to make it straight shot. If you're on a cross-country course, you're not trying to go around too much. You're going straight at it. You're keeping an eye on the runner in front of you, seeing what they're doing, where they're going, to see where you can uh, optimize. You're looking for things that are going to be in your way, things that are going to slow you up. For example, if there's a big, big pile of mud, you're going to kind of run around that if you can. As long as it's not going to add on too much time, you're going to go around water. But once again, you can't always do that. So you might have to run right through it. On a road race, same thing. Shortest distance, you might cross from left side to right side. As long as you're not breaking the rules, you're good to go. Yeah, if you're going to perform, it definitely is helpful to know the course ahead of time. Like you said, find the tangents, know the conditions. Sometimes you're going to have to go through it. Something to keep in mind, too, though, is that if it's raining, it's raining for everybody. It's not just raining for you. So I love running the rain. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. I mean, I like a good spring fall rain. I don't like that. Like, oh, it's January and it's raining. That's terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but absolutely. We're definitely looking for an advantage. And we also, a lot of times we're sitting back and then we're kicking. What that means is that we're going to draft off somebody. We're going to stay behind them, let them cut the wind a little bit. So it's less work for us, just like you'd see in in a cycling race. And then we're going to try to move up later. The person behind is definitely doing less work. So most people are going to take advantage of that. And you might have someone doing that to you. You might have someone on your heels that's just going to sit back there the whole time, let you work real hard. And then at the end, they're just going to sprint past you. And if they can do it, they're going to do it. Yeah. Now, there are exceptions where you might take the outside lane or you might move out wide. Once again, if it means running through a bunch of mud where you might lose a spike or a shoe because you saw people in front of you lose it, you're probably going to run around that mud and take the extra little, you know, 10 feet in order to keep your spike or shoe on. Absolutely. If you're running track and you have to go out two lanes wide to stay with the group so you can still make a move, you might do that. You might run that for a lap or two. Good question. All right, let's move on to the next part of the question. A simplistic strategy of just get out there and run can't be the optimal approach. Absolutely. It's not typically the approach unless you're new to running, then that might be your approach. Just get out there and do it. But for anyone that's been doing it for a while, they're definitely strategizing. They're definitely coming up with ways to compete better. When you're in a collegiate run or a high school run, you're looking at the other competitors on your team, not on your team, and you're figuring out where you should be. Got anything to add on that? 
I think it depends too, though. Like, are you going to compete or are you going to race anymore? I just show up at a marathon. I'm not getting lost. I'm not going to be winning it. <laughs> I'll figure it out as I go. I guess that bit me in the butt and for the run for the red, but hey. <laughs> it's definitely wise to be familiar with the course. Typically, for when sure. someone's used to winning races, they usually are pretty familiar with the course. They either study it beforehand or they ask about it. But typically, when you're that talented and used to winning, you're figuring things out so that you're prepared. You're not usually going in it and just going, oh, whatever, I'll just run it today. <laughs> All right. Good question. Let's see what else we got here. Okay, so this next one is about youth running. So your podcast is a lot about adults running, but I have a question about kids running because my daughter just joined cross country. How much should kids be running? Okay, let's start with that. That's a great question, and it's pretty individualized. You can't really just say a kid should be running a mile. Kids should be running two miles, three miles, four. Yeah. You can't really just say one amount. It's based on the individual. So there's kids that have been running since they were like little, maybe seven, eight years mm -hmm. old. They're going to run a lot further and a lot faster than some kids that just are running in junior high. Exactly. Now, I didn't run junior high yet. No, you did. Yeah, it depends on the kid. Some kids can run four, five, nine, ten miles. Some kids can run a mile. I mean, that's where the coach comes in. And it's like Mav said, just because they're in eighth grade doesn't mean they're running four miles. I think when you first start, you can have everybody run the same thing, same pace especially if it's just a distance run. But once you get into things, you have to start to individualize at some point because everybody's different and they're going to benefit from different things. So especially in high school, you know, junior high is a little bit different, but once you get to high school, there's a separation usually where some people are running really quick and some people are not running quick and you can't mix them together. It just doesn't work too well. The long runs that the slower person is going to be worn out, the, the quicker person is going to be pulled back. If you're lucky enough to have a big program where there's 50 people, then you can split it up groups. But if it's a very small program, it's going to be very difficult. You're going to have to give everyone individualized programs. So yeah, good question. Okay. So if the runner does track, should they keep running after cross country to stay in shape? So they're asking if the runner should keep running pretty much all year long. It's not a bad thing to run all year long, but you can't always run all year long you might have another sport mixed in between there because some people go from cross country to basketball or swimming and then they get back to track mm -hmm. so it depends on what your season's like you might or might not be able to do that but it's always good to stay in some kind of shape through some kind of sport or activity what do you think no i, I agree i mean running fortunately is one of those things that it is very applicable to most sports so i do think it's important to mix it up i don't care for one sport all year round in my opinion that includes running i think you should do something else in the middle if you can or take some time off you need that break from the running it's beneficial and i hope that made sense <laughs> they also want to know about how prone kids are to injuries with running i think kids are prone to injuries in, in any sport they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing or they're doing too much of it uh, injuries just happen so you can't predict them all the time. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. you can see it happening if you're complaining about something, but a lot of times they just kind of happen. Overuse injuries happen all the time. And mm -hmm. then a lot of times runners yeah. tend to not take care of the injuries. So listen up 
take care of your injuries, yeah. especially if you're trying to reach certain goals like running a marathon or a half marathon or a 5K or a whatever. You have to take care of injuries. You have to get in, get to see your providers so that you can get them taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> You got to take care of this stuff. It might seem like a little basic injury, but if you don't do yeah. the right thing, you can get an infection, you can get a stress fracture, you can get a fracture, you can get all kinds of stuff. So you definitely have to take care of the injuries and your feet and your ankles, and then you'll be better off because of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't know that kids are more prone, but running is very repetitive, like Mav said, and most running injuries come from too much, too fast, too soon. If you're listening to your body, listening to your coach, talking to your coach, if everybody's communicating, you're no more prone, I would think, than anybody else. I mean, just talking from experience, I would say that I have more aches and pains now than when I was younger. So, yeah, I mean, based on patient care, based on my own experiences, I would say kids tend to rebound a lot quicker. So when they do get injured, it's usually a quicker recovery. What's that? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, unless there's some kind of chronic condition or something that needs more investigation, usually kids bounce back pretty quick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have found it takes me longer to recover from a long run now. Used to do a long run and could do a workout on Tuesday. Now, if I do a long run, I'm still feeling it by Wednesday, <laughs> maybe even Thursday. <laughs> some days there's just there's no get up and go when you, you try to turn on that speed and you're just not you're just in cruise. You know, you're just, uh, okay, I'm going to neutral for a bit here. Getting back into running after about a year off, I found that if I do like a warm-up for just a daily run, I feel so much better. Yeah. I'd love to spend time on this, but as I was talking with a friend of mine here recently, we were talking about how at some point, if you're a runner, you need to lose it to find it again. and. I think it's true. I think I've lost it and now I'm finding it again. And it's, it's great. It's very interesting getting back into shape and getting back into running shape. For me personally, I've been trying to increase how much I'm doing daily, how many days per week I'm running and my long run, but I'm doing it very slow. So in the old days, we just ramp up, ramp up. So you'd start with like three miles the first day, and then you'd be all of a sudden doing four or five miles, six miles, then it'd be eight miles before you knew it. Now I'm just trying to run more consistently so that my body's handling that day after day, stretch out, then get back in the run again, and then increase my mileage, like I said, gradually. But it's definitely a different experience because of how much time I've had off. Now, if you get me on a pull-up bar, this is a different story. <laughs> I was in the middle of cutting my grass today. I think I knocked out eight just as a warm-up for cutting the grass today. You know, just boom, 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 boom. Push up, same thing. I can knock out 50 anytime you want. But the running, I haven't been training for. So I'm just, I'm really dusty with that. So I have to get back into that slowly. My pull-up game is the same. It's always been. I can do one, maybe two. <laughs> That's more than most people. The average person can't do a pull-up. They're hard. Pull-ups are hard. Most of the time, what Last I found time is... I did pull up, my wife thought I was having a heart attack. <laughs> you know what? I, I found that a lot of people she don't have... Running in from the other room. Are you all right? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's the deal. But the average person can't do a pull up. Uh, a lot of people can't do a push up. But you work on it, you're going to get better just like running. I mean, whatever you're working on exercise wise, you're most likely going to get better if you work on it. Most likely. Push ups. I've never had a problem with push ups, but pull ups. Because I got these huge quads. <laughs> Listeners, let us know how many push ups and pull ups you could do. Let us know how long your long run is. That was a fun tangent. All right. All right. What's your favorite non-running exercise or workout? Me? Could be an example of something or it can be like your routine, just something that's your favorite non-running exercise or workout. I really enjoy P90X, but it's really hard and uh, time-consuming. But I do really enjoy it. Like if I get on a routine of doing it, I feel good. You look good and they're fun. I really enjoy the guy that does it because he tells a lot of jokes and that's just fantastic. But it it's a lot of time. So it's hard for me to really get in a routine of it because of that. Calisthenics, I would say push-ups, pull-ups, then do some squats and planks. Yeah, one time I was some type of a ridiculous deltoid thing with one of the kids and uh, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So this one time I was out in the yard with the kids and we were building snowmen, right? And uh, so I'm rolling this massive snowball. Of course, I have to then roll another one. So I'm rolling another giant snowball and I decide that I have to now pick it up and put it on top, right? You know, like the world's strongest man where they pick up like the ball, like a giant stone. It's like oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking this thing up from the ground. I'm like rolling it up. And like the whole time I could feel like my back's not feeling right. Like it's, this is not good for my body, but I keep going. Right. Cause I'm in the middle of doing this. So I keep going and I put it back up there and then I got to do another one for the top part. And that doesn't feel any good now. And, and then I got to do another snowman. So then, you know, after that I was like, Oh, my back really hurts. I wonder if my back hurts, but that's the kind of stuff that you do. You do it again next Christmas. I think the last time that was suggested, I was like, how about some snow angels? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought of a question. What's the craziest thing that's come after you while you're running? Oh, God. Hey, remember that time that Rottweiler came after us? Do you remember that? <laughs> I, tell, I tell that story all the time, yeah. <laughs> okay, let me tell it and then you can add to this because I want to tell it my way because I think I was more scared than you were. So I'm going to tell this. So at the time, we were in really good running shape in college, running through a neighborhood. And it's just me and you, me and Wolfman running through the neighborhood. And we've run through this street, what, a hundred times, never a problem, never had anything happen. All of a sudden, there's a, this Rottweiler that's been outside before. It's outside and it's barking. I look over and I'm like, oh, there's the Rottweiler. It's barking. And this Rottweiler decides it's going to start charging us. And then I go, oh, I don't have dogs. I'm not as experienced with dogs. Let me look at Wolfman and see what he's doing. Look to my right. Wolfman is at least 10 yards out from me, sprinting away from the dog. And I'm like, what is going on right now? And in trouble because you got 10 yards on me. And so I start sprinting too. And this dog is just barking like crazy and sprinting at us. 
and I'm trying to run away. And all of a sudden, a car comes out of nowhere and literally almost crushed the dog. It slips on its brakes, and the dog just kind of like gets down and then and then runs back to the yard. And I'm thinking, what is going on? I catch up to you and I ask you why you took off and didn't say anything to me. You're like, oh, you're faster than me. <laughs> I don't remember, but I did take off. I was I was not hanging around for that dog. That's pretty. That's pretty close to how I remember it. Did we like try cutting through a yard or something to try to get some distance on this dog? Yeah, we we ran through a field or something. But the only reason why we didn't get bit was because that car almost ran yeah, over the dog. The car went. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was crazy. Wow. That's one of the biggest dogs I think I've ever been chased by. Yeah, that. <laughs> now, typically, when a dog runs out, I'm I'm typically not too scared of it, but. That dog was super aggressive that day. And well, I think it's because the young child was out there. So the dog felt it had to protect the kid. And I think because I'm not generally too flighty around dogs either, but that dog was, he meant business. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that, that dog definitely made, meant business. Yeah, I've had my fair share of dogs, depending on where they were in the yard. So what was, what, what would you say is the craziest thing that ever chased you? A grouse. A what? A small bird. A small bird. A roughed grouse. So I was running. There's a four-wheeler path above my house, and I used to run up the hill and down the path so far. And uh, I heard this thing in the weeds, and I thought, oh, no. This is it. This is, the wolf man's finally going to get it. I've avoided how many dogs, how many bears cows bull you know all these animals something's in the weeds gonna get me this is it it's bobcat it's coyote something and uh out jumps this grouse and i was like <laughs> wow <laughs> there you are it's so i figure i figure its nest was uh beside the trail and i was just too close to the nest but i just kept running once i realized i was not in danger I kept going, but man, you'd have thought a tiger was coming through those weeds. I mean, it was, it was loud. That's funny. I thought for sure I was yeah, a goner. No, I remember we were running the one time and there was some kind of crazy howling, growling, whatever it was. Like it sounded like a freaking lion. Do you remember that? That one no. run we did it sounded like a lion in the woods. It was a noise we never heard before, and it was loud. And I don't remember who we were running with exactly, but whoever it was was just like, uh, let's go look at that. And I'm like, I'm not figuring out what that was. Whatever that is, we're going to leave that alone. I probably ran the quickest half mile downhill down the mountain that I ever ran because yeah. I did not want to come face to face with a mountain lion or whatever that was that sounded like a mountain lion. <laughs> I was not looking forward to crossing paths with that out in the middle of nowhere. I'm probably never going to run that path again either. Besides that, though, the one time in a residential area, right? Like just houses everywhere. And this dog comes out. It's like early, like 5 a.m. I'm running up a big hill and this dog comes out. Real mangy looking dog. And it's just, it's moving funny. It's not moving like any dog that I've seen, right? And I'm like, what the heck kind of dog is that? And I'm getting closer to it. And it just looks just 
like it hasn't eaten right in a long time and it's like really disheveled and its coloring is weird and it's looking at me real weird right it's just eyeballing me and i'm like i'm running up the hill i'm i'm tired it's the end of my run i'm tired i'm going up this big hill god i wish this dog would just go back in its yard or whatever so i'm trying to figure out like is this thing going to eat me or what and uh <laughs> you owed it money yeah i'm like what is this thing doing it looks like it's looks kind of aggressive but it's just kind of still and uh, I'm getting closer and closer. And this thing is just, it's just looking at me weird. And I'm like, what is with this dog? Right. And then I get a little bit closer and I just realize that it's not a dog. <laughs> it was a coyote. Hey guys, we have Allie, owner of As You Run, back on the show to share a little bit about the marathon she's going to be running this upcoming weekend. Hope you enjoy. Welcome back, Allie. Hello. Hello. What's your long run up to? Well, marathon is next week. So I already put in all the long runs that I needed to. I did the two 20 milers, a couple 18s, a couple 16s. Okay. So 20 mile, you got it done. Nice. And how mm. are you feeling? How are your legs holding up? Um, I thought that they broke a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> and... <laughs> I was kind of just ignoring it and stretching, going to the chiropractor, doing those things, icing here and there, but not taking it too seriously until I kind of realized, I think this is a bit of an injury, like not just being sore, not just being tight, but a little bit of an injury. So last week I decided to really rest and hardly run at all. So that's what I did. Great. Great. That's probably the best medicine, right, Wolfman? Yeah, that was probably a good idea. <laughs> so we did the local 10 miler and I ran with one of my running training partners so that I can just run alongside of her, have no expectation. I didn't have to race it. I just needed to get that 10 miler in. And then I guess it was sort of like a tempo run, but nice and easy, like a good marathon pace run. Nice. Mm -hmm. So feeling pretty confident, pretty comfortable. Yeah, pretty before, that, before that, not confident at all because of the injury. And then during the run, I felt great. So I am really excited. And I looked at the forecast and it's amazing. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Are you running the marathon with your friend? Are you both running it? No, um, we are. Well, yes, we are both running it, but we are probably running separate. I think that's our plan. Okay, so not running side yeah. by side, but both running in the same marathon. Right. Yes. Do you want to say what marathon it is? Yes, the Erie Marathon. Okay. In Presky Island. One that Wolfman hasn't done, right? No, sir. I have not done that one. Yeah, the low is 60 degrees, the highest 68, and I don't think it can get much better than that. No, that's, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah. Today was a hot one, so that sounds great compared to what I just ran in. Yeah. Oh, it was awful today. Yeah. How'd that go? Well, I did a morning run, and then I did an, an evening run with my kids, so it was hot and hot. And humid. <laughs> yeah. It got humid fast today. It was bad. <laughs> that was ridiculous, but I think it might have been the hottest of all the training runs I had, and I only ran three miles. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was a rough run today. Yes. It would have been 
it would have been nice to get out at, at you know, 5 or 6 a.m. That would have been the smart thing to do. So as far as the marathon goes, from what I've read about for that particular marathon, it's it's flat and fast. Is that why you picked it or did you pick it for a different reason? I picked it because, well, that's awesome that it's flat and fast. That's a bonus. But no, I picked it because I told my friends I would never run a marathon unless it was Hawaii. So when I was looking up marathons for my friend who wanted to qualify for Boston, this was on there and it looks so tropical to me, but it just looked beachy. And I said, well, if if you do it, I can do that one. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like a nice, nice run. Yeah, so it's not Hawaii, but I would think you, I was ready. Would you do Hawaii? We, I would love to do Hawaii. <laughs> if I'm going to run a marathon, I want it to be somewhere awesome. I've never been to Erie, but I hope it's awesome. From everything that I've like said, researched on, it, everyone really has a lot of positives to say about it. It sounds great. What do you think, Wolfman? Sounds good, but I bet it won't be Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Hawaii would be something else. Would you be willing to give us an update when you're there? Ooh, while I'm there? Yeah. Yeah, like when? While I'm in it? (laughs) Whatever you want. It could be before, because you're going to be focused before. So it could be afterwards, like even if it's the next day. Yeah, definitely. Like a little update on how you felt, what happened. Yeah, no, I would love to make a reel or something. I'll try to do something cool. Sounds good. All right, awesome. Have a good night, guys. All right, good night. Yeah, bye-bye. Hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to the show. If you like what you hear, like and share on Facebook, follow on Instagram. Remember to support the show. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered professional health care advice. We are not responsible for any losses, damages, or liabilities that may arise from the use of this podcast. This podcast is not intended to replace professional medical advice. The views expressed in this podcast may not be those of the hosts or the management. Maverick and Wolfman running out.